Welcome to VG Empire. I'm your host, Brett Elston. Oh boy, Chris Antista. I like that song. Uh, Henry Bat Gilbert. Oh, Good. Come on. Same bat joke. <laughs> same, <laughs> same bat messy. episode. Uh, same bat episode in a sense, because that song that brought us in that is Batman Stage 1, Gotham Streets, whatever you want to call it. Uh, from Naoki Kodaka from Sunsoft. We all know the song very well. In fact, I've even played that on the show before two years ago in a Movie Mania episode that was all about mov- uh, movie games uh, and yeah. uh, like even TV tie-ins like Fester's Quest and stuff. But given that uh, we got a Batman movie out and in the past I've done, you know, there's a Spider-Man episode, there's an X-Men episode, there's even a Godzilla episode. There's <laughs> a- we so just did a Superman Mini. We just did a Superman Mini about the Sega Genesis Superman game. It seemed very appropriate to finally do an episode just about Batman. And uh, there's sort of a... Uh, I don't know if you've heard of the other podcast. Uh, there's another great game music podcast called Pixelated Audio. Mm. And they did a Batman episode that covered a lot of the same ground here, but they focused solely on Sunsoft Batman, which just Sunsoft Batman alone. <laughs> there is so much goodness because yeah. Kodaka's on it, and then uh, people that he usually works with, Nobuyuki Hara and Shinichi Seiya, they show up again and again, and this t- this trio like knock it out of the park repeatedly. And then, as you'll see in this episode, even the Game Boy games, one of which I'm separating to just do a mini after this, wow. because uh, they have like the Mega Man One composer, the Mega Man like it, it's just I have not uh, kept... Manami Matsumai. She's on like I think the first Game Boy. Well, we'll get into it. I've never heard the Game Boy ones. I'm looking forward. They're to this. all yeah. they're all good, and it, it went from Sunsoft and it's handed to Konami. So this this isn't going to get into Arkham, and this isn't really going to anything post sixteen bit really, and barely even sixteen bit at that. <laughs> but there's just so much amazing music uh, for Batman. Um, but yeah, that's something that brought us in. That's the first stage of Batman that like bored into my brain back in 1990 when the game came out, and. I don't know. So this is the game based upon the Michael Keaton Batman film yes. of 1989. Technically, Technically yeah. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it ends with him. Yeah. The game ends with him punching the Joker off of a bit. Like, so Batman kills the Joker yes, in this he, game. He sure does. <laughs> There's no ambiguity to it. He's yeah. like, punch, dead. And, and uh, composer Naoki Kodaka, he uh, is known for like a lot of this great Sunsoft stuff. Like, Fester's Quest, Gremlins 2, Blaster Master... Uh, and is known for using like the portion of the NES to make these crunchy bass samples and use it for actual like melody or rhythm when it's mostly like more used for like noise or sampling. Mm. And they'd use a lot of space, and you'll hear it come up later on. But there's there's a great there's a lot of great articles about this exact thing that Sunsoft did. But like the DPCM portion of the NES, uh, normally you could sample things, but instead it's like you'll hear it a lot in uh, a game that we'll get into in just a second. But uh, Really quick, uh, not much else we can say about the NES Batman plays like no Batman game you think it should, and it's but that's why it's great. It's a completely sound game on its own. The mm-hmm. side scroller where you can wall jump, you can switch between all these weapons, and mm-hmm. the stages kind of follow the movie, but kind of the, the music isn't based on the score. The the, the no enemies music. The, I, yeah. I get the feeling it was some sort of timing. The the, yeah. the box is all you'd have to know. It's based around the movie. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if they shared with you know Sunsoft four photos from the set, like yeah. here's I mean, what yeah. we're doing. Yeah, yeah. it is dark, yeah. and you'll see, and it has the Keaton Batmobile in it, and the ending is like clearly um, like, and it's clearly Keaton that. at the title screen. Uh, I just love that purple. Yeah. The, the purple Batman sprite is so great because he can't be black against all the black. Black background. Yeah. So you know they have an action figure of just yes. that, the NECA, yeah. NECA toy, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It's been on my list forever. NECA. They've done. They've I done have a the series. Yeah, they've done a series of toys where they they do a ton of licensed toys anyway, and without having to actually like pay. 
uh, anybody for NES are just like, these are the old school yeah. retro colors. They've done it with, I have the, uh, I have the Robocop one. They oh, did yeah. it one with Jason. They did one with Freddy. Pretty much every care. Oh, they did a Predator one. If you had an NES game and you were a movie character, they have painted you to look like their yeah. NES box. It's really great. But moving on from the NES one, uh, there was also around the same time a Game Boy Batman game what? that I didn't have, but one of my friends had, and it looked like crap. <laughs> like yeah. the the Batman sprite was tiny, and it was like this tiny, tiny little sprite with pointy ears and this piddly little like gun, I guess. I was burned by so many bad Spider-Man Game Boy games that yeah. I just was not... I probably wasn't going to give a Batman one I a think this... Yeah, this might have been after that first LJN Rare mm-hmm. Spider-Man game. I can't remember when that came out. But uh, it wasn't a great game, but the music is the same guy, Kodaka, working on it, and it's really nice. So, uh, game itself, not all that remarkable, <laughs> but uh, it's... Like this, you you can really see the true basis of like the chiptune sound, because it's it's not so much the NES, it really is the Game Boy because Game Boy would actually output stereo sound and all that. But uh, we'll do three songs. One, we'll do stage three from the NES game because of all the ones I didn't play, or I played the ones you really should know from uh, Batman back in this Movie Mania episode back in 2014. So if you want to hear more Batman, you can check that out. But I didn't play stage three, so I'll do that this time. And then we'll go into Game Boy uh, stage one and in the Game Boy, the museum stage. And both of these just have like fun like preambles before they get into the song and then they just do a bunch of cool stuff and the museum one even the the third track we'll play gets to be almost Castlevania level to me oh boy it's just like it's everything you want out of like a great Game Boy song uh, hidden on a game that's really not worth playing again so this is stage (laughs) 3 from NES Batman and then Game Boy uh, stage 1 and then Game Boy the museum uh, Naoki Kodaka
so much density to Ooh. those. Like there's so many, so many layers. Wow. Yeah, I that did remind me of Capcom, the the Game Boy ones a little mm-hmm. bit too. Just the sound of like the the crispness at the end of a note, like and also yeah. like the. The oh yeah, the, me making like, the sounds doesn't. Yeah, there's me. like a more and more. There's like a percussion <laughs> sound that Capcom does. Yeah, like, yeah, like it, it always reminds me of Mega Man too. Of just like, and that last song was so Castlevania. Yeah, yes, it makes me want to spin. And just way better music than that game does. It looks like Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle with the an adorably crude Batman sprite. Yeah. I it's, mean, the Game Boy is the most one look, of the most simple machines but it's, ever. But it's funny so. though because you can watch this huge leap from this Batman yeah. game to the oh, next, yeah. the one that'll get a mini, a VG mini, in the next episode of that. Oh. Like the sprite changes completely, and then the Ninja Turtles games look more sophisticated, and uh, the Spider Man games holding look, a gun the whole time. Yeah, it's like it's just <laughs> funny. Like it, you can tell that they played they played it really conservatively the first mm-hmm. year of the Game Boy. Where they're like, well, that's probably all we can do, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, well, once, I guess, I'm I'm assuming the carts got cheaper, the memory got cheaper, and then they learned the machine better, and it's like, oh, well, now we'll yeah. do a lot more. Better. If the carts got cheaper, they could also put more stuff yeah. in the carts to help out with, yeah. uh, with the textide. And then, so around the same time, I guess maybe a little later, Jesus. but ni- 1990 in general, there was a Batman for Sega Genesis yeah. uh, mm. that was billed more so as an actual movie tie-in. And I mm. think this is the only game one of the few if not the only one that actually tries to follow the plot of the movie mm-hmm. where it's like trying to like no mistaking this is like we've styled it to look like Tim Burton's game so we spend a lot of time with Jack Palance oh yeah we're gonna <laughs> yeah, we're gonna really set up a lot of lore where it's gonna pay off later Williams in the old town tonight <laughs> um, but I didn't play this much back in the day because the NES one I just liked so much mm. that and again I think about that Nintendo power cover that had yeah. Joker and Batman on it. Yeah, like, yeah that uh, by the time I got a Genesis, it was more ninety one. It was when yeah. Sonic came out, and so playing going in ninety one to a little kid, uh, going back to eighty nine Batman in video game form yeah. felt like eight million years old. So I was like, Which, why would I do that? It's also yeah. funny. Like I thought these were timed for the movie in eighty nine, but mm. according to the internet, these were all nineteen ninety. Wow. Which is really strange that like Batman really took him by surprise. Yeah, apparently. It seems them getting on the Batman boat. Yeah, uh, as it's being a success. It's like it, opening weekend. They're like, oh right, we should be making video games. Are there for- any other actors on the cover of Nintendo Power other than Hulk Hogan? Jack Nich- just Jack Nicholson's face is huge. Yeah, on Jack Nintendo Nicholson's Power cover. on there. Man, uh, I'd have to give that some thought. Live but- action people. I mean, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. I didn't count whole Hogan. The guy in the Simon Belmont costume holding a Dracula's head. An Oscar winner, let's say. (laughs) An Oscar winner. Uh, Oscar winners, let's go with... Darkwing Duck won an Oscar? I'll need to check. Did Guile's hair win an Oscar? (laughs) C-3PO, did he ever win one? Um, But we'll do some songs from the the Genesis game, which again is Naoki Kodaka, just constantly doing exceptional work, Mm. uh, not just in the... NES Sunsoft era, but this Genesis music is excellent. So, so the Gotham, Gotham City Streets, uh, which sounds like this great in-between of what he did on the NES game, mm-hmm. and then the next game that we'll talk about uh, later, which is Return of the Joker for the NES, this song sounds like it's right in-between. And, and it, I mean, I'm guessing he wrote it in-between the two... <laughs> But, it, you know, just because they wrote it in between doesn't mean anything, but there's just something about the crunchiness of it where it's not as, like, soaring and melodic as that mm-hmm. NES song that brought us into the episode. It's not quite that fun, but mm-hmm. it, it does have that crunchiness of Return of the Joker. I'm curious to see what they do with 16-bit tools. It's good. It, it's, it's good, man. Uh, after that is Skies Over Gotham, which is very upbeat, and it is borderline F-Zero music. <laughs> uh, and you'll hear a, a, a Big Blue-ish cue mm-hmm. in there, which, you know, predates Big Blue, but... 
And after that is a final battle with Joker, which is an outrageously insane boss tune. And given that I don't know what he looks like in this game, I'm assuming he's seven feet tall. And Maybe like... he's seven feet tall and wearing like <laughs> a scorpion armor or something. <laughs> uh, but, he's got uh, a giant scorpion tail. Who would have predicted it? But like this approximation of like bells tolling and like riding the right side of the piano, <laughs> but with the Genesis, it's so. It I, I don't know. I don't recall any other boss music that sounds quite like this. So well, this is the Sega Genesis Batman, uh, Gotham City Streets, Sky Over Gotham, and Final Battle with Joker.
That is like the most bar fight, wow. like electric bar fight with Joker. Now that, uh, well, I mean, the use of the big bell makes me think of uh, that it is taking place in the big bell tower at oh, the yeah, end of the movie, sense. too. That, that makes it, sense. It, that's what I'm imagining yeah. when they're there. I think that at least they could, uh, the composer could recognize, oh, the area this is taking place in could would have this sound going on. In the second one of those, I also, the Skies of Gotham, I think yeah. it was, the... I love when it goes like the higher notes came in. It yeah. was just like the, almost like almost like fly the bumblebee ish like yeah. And I it definitely gets a almost it felt very eighties like a eighties mm-hmm. like uh man like an the Iron Eagle song or something like I definitely got a, a, a wacky vibe. Um, but again, I encourage you to check out the pixelated audio episode. It's called Joker's Jukebox. Uh, which is a great ep- great name for the episode, but uh, they, yeah, they have get a, those wonderful toys. Yeah, there's there's a lot of like you know talk about the technology involved and just the games themselves too. So uh, if this is not, it's also funny though because I before looking at which songs they picked, I was like I'm gonna pick pick my songs in my mind before, and then I look and like I think we picked almost all the same songs, uh, which is which is funny. <laughs> um, but a great minds think alike. Yeah. Moving on uh, to 1991, this is Return of the Joker. Mm. Uh, Batman Return of the Joker. So when I was a kid and saw, I never played this game, but the box always stuck out to me because it was such... NES boxes didn't look like it pretty yeah, much bright like, yellow yeah. color on it and like it was mostly just Joker's face it was yeah. Joker's face and it was 80s Joker's face which yeah. was like the longest face ever like if it was a real human yeah. his face would be like twice as big as anyone else's it would be yeah. that face from mask like Rocky I mean, Dennis <laughs> Yeah, and I mean the name of the game is like sideways up the on the like like just as Batman vertically. Mm-hmm. It, it just yeah, it threw out all the rules. Like, and I did a whole article about this years ago about game boxes, like a history of game packaging and how the NES <laughs> days it was very wild west. It's like there is no real form to any no, of this. No. But by '92, we had at least well '91, I guess, is when this came out. But we'd at least seen like. Super NES games generally stuck to the same format. Very few exceptions. Genesis games. It took a while, but they got there, especially once they brought the red bars and all that. But like in this era, still, it was like, yeah, do whatever you want. I don't care. Well, Genesis was always it. It changed mass formats, but it usually was everything was in that same format, whatever that mass format was. Sometimes it was the black background. You know, in the original run, it was. Black yeah. background with a picture inside of it. Then it yeah. became the, the red grid with the, the raised uh, the raised yeah. logo. Yeah, but like even in those, it's like sometimes the grid is this gray, sometimes it's this gray, sometimes the sixteen bit yeah. is overlaid on the label, sometimes it's underneath it. Like it, there's like, but the thing. Genesis, like they like once they redesigned the Genesis, they abandoned that completely. And well, and would, that's when they introduced the red bar. Yeah, and what then, for first party games? Yeah, there's a bunch of third party games that are just like this is just box art for anything with a Genesis logo. Well, that's how the first few years of Genesis is. There's yeah. like if it's third party they're like well just I'll, like bottom to top like just wall scroll like that doesn't well, matter. I, should have done, I should have done the research EA, I, I have a whole article EA uh, could do whatever they wanted yeah. on the genesis as um well. but yeah this is one of those games 1991 nes it was later ported to genesis and mm-hmm. then basically completed for super nes but canceled so mm-hmm. much that there's a soundtrack for it really uh, oh, wow. and somehow yeah so uh, what I wanted to do in this one was well play stage one which is an incredible track and the same composer Kodaka again but, like, at the time, this game was really advertised on, like, you don't need a 16-bit system. Look how look how good this looks. And then this, in the pictures and the screenshots, the Batman sprite was way bigger, way more detailed, and the game itself looked really nice. Mm-hmm. And so this music is almost like a, uh, 
here is like all those Sunsoft things that we've been working on with Gremlins and Festus. Like here it is put on display with our most graphically advanced game we've made, hmm. and really just pushed so hard on this. You don't need a 16-bit system for good graphics, and it doesn't. You know, looking back now, it's still clearly an 8-bit game, but it is like wow. Compare this to what the the 1990 game looked like. Mm-hmm. Bar- you know, barely a year earlier, it is a huge difference. Yeah, well, I'm curious to see how that gameplay though, because bigger sprites usually means like worse gameplay. You just have it could be you have smaller in a. I mean, that's what I associate with, like, Metroid 2. It has a bigger sprite, and there's just not as much space on yeah. screen for this other stuff. This is a case, like, I mean, I didn't play this one much. It just, it felt a little bit, and I, you know, I don't know this is the case anymore, but at the time, I felt like it It felt like too many other games I'd played, mm. whereas when I played NES Batman the first time, it was like, this, you know, it's kind of Ninja Gaiden, but not really, and it felt pretty distinct. And to me, even now, it feels unique, whereas Return of the Joker feels a little bit more move left to right and punch and you know throw batterings and stuff. Uh-huh. But the music is incredible. So stage one, I want to do this track. I'm going to play the NES one, and that's going to fade into the Genesis version, which was arranged, you know, put into the Genesis by Tommy Tallarico. Oh. And then the Super NES version of the song, even though it's canceled, the soundtrack is out there, and this is David Whitaker. So... Stage one through three different iterations. Wow. And then after that, we'll go back to the NES and do stage two, two, and stage seven. Um, All of these are very, again, this, like, very emblematic of this uh, Kodaka's technique for using that extra channel for just a sound that you you always associate. Like, Journey to Silius is another great example of uh, an NES game that's just like, why does this sound so much crazier and cooler like just crunchier and meaner than most of the other NES music. Um, yeah, so this is Return of the Joker Stage 1, three versions of it, and then we're going to do Stage 2, 2, and Stage 7.
Yeah, all of those in the background. You can, you can, you may have to. I mean, hopefully it stands out to you. But there's that dish, that bass, that that's that's deeper and crunchier than on the uh, first one. Yeah, like just it, that it, first track is incredible. I love it. It's and very that, weird. It's coming into its own as Batman music almost. <laughs> like it that, does. What yeah. other game would that be appropriate in? It's great. Yeah, I describe the Tommy Tallarico composition as like splattier. It does. Yeah. Like, it does have like this this yeah uh, yeah it was like something if, wet was dropped but it does it does describe it well yeah and then the third uh, the super nes version is more professional and feels like they have more tools but i i don't know i, I miss the rawness of the nes there's version. something about the nes one that is that really stands out as it's, my favorite there's a little one. it's a little too much sheen on the uh on the super nes version and now this is where the show deviates the most from uh, the pixelated audio one, where they they dis- they touched on well, I mean all of the Sunsoft stuff. So they mentioned uh, there's a Turbo Graphics one, I think. There's a another Game Boy one that I want to separate as its own mini, the Return of the Joker uh, Game Boy game, which uh, is by Manami Manami Matsumai, the Mega Man One composer. Wow, uh, which is like what? Yeah, and uh, she she kind of retired and is now just back in the game in the last five years or so. But yeah, I mean, she was always doing stuff. It's mm-hmm. just uh, kind of getting back in the back in the spotlight through things like Shovel Knight and Mighty Number no. Nine. And, mm-hmm. um, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But uh, this sort of deviation here is now to Batman Returns, mm-hmm. the NES game, a mm-hmm. game I never played. Yeah, yeah until I, today, well, <laughs> and it's not great. I only know about it because in a uh, friend of the show, Chris Baker, he mm-hmm. uh, who works for on Marvel Heroes now, mm-hmm. he wrote a whole book uh, 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 that you can get on Kindle about wrong, uh, wrong uh, the mistakes made in old superhero games, and in the. Batman Returns game they made it before they knew what the ending of the film was and Superman or sorry Batman kills Catwoman at the end of that like he kills her at the end of uh, the NES one or the Super Yeah, the end of the NES Super or maybe maybe it's the maybe it's the Genesis one but in one of the Batman Returns games he kills Catwoman. So the NES one I didn't play until today and because I was just kind of like by the time this came out it's 92 actually I think these are 93 by the time they came out. Yeah. The NES is pretty well over oh yeah and the idea of playing an nes game in 93 that wasn't battletoads and double dragon was not happening you were a loser kid if you were playing <laughs> nes at this point so i poor or something or whatever Jeez, Henry, come that, on, man. that was a joke that was a character i was putting on who hates poor people <laughs> man i can't wait to get him back on the show I can't wait to meet one poor people <laughs> suck but uh so konami takes over for batman at this point mm-hmm. uh and the nes game the music is super konami as f because when I hear these songs, I think uh, what little music there is in Top Gun for NES, <laughs> this sounds like that. It also sounds like Monster in My Pocket, um, which is actually a totally good game on itself. But mm. I don't think any of these games share composers. It's just there's a Konami, you know, the sound library, sound fonts, whatever you would call them that they used. There's there's the Capcom sound on the NES, and there's a Konami mm-hmm. sound. You you can if you listen to a lot of game music, you go, oh, that's definitely Konami. Well, I think even if it wasn't, I I would imagine even if they're not, you know, all the same composers or whatever, that they they're all working together. Like they're all they're all drawing from the same resources and sure. like knowledge. Like they could ask each other, well, hey, how would you make this thing? Oh, I do this. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't know because so many people bounced all over the place. As yeah, that's as true. Example. 
Uh, one of the composers of this, there's two. There's Shigemasi Matsuo, who worked on Base Wars, which does have a really good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Published in America under the Ultra brand back when NOA was refusing to... You can only publish so many games a year. No, uh, we don't need a lot of games in our system, yeah, guys. We're gonna, well, they, yeah. read game over, everybody. They, they had reason to not want too many games. It's an important book. The other composer, uh, Takashi Tateishi, composer of Mega Man 2. Wow. Is now Konami and uh, is credited for being in Batman Returns. Man, that's... I gotta say, uh, you hear that most uh, game developers from Japan stay in the same place like their whole career and it's only been like a relatively recent thing where they leave. A lot of composers uh, bounce around. around. But but always composers bounce around or just were like purely freelance from the beginning. It's almost like they're respected as artists. Well, (laughs) yeah, the exact opposite where it's like, uh, oh, uh, did you make music? You can do this now. Mm -hmm. Or you're not going to, like Mega Man? We're respected. Different composer for every single Mega Man game. (laughs) There's not a consistent composer across all six NES Mega Man games. Wow. Um, But anyway, this music is great. And it's also funny how they're credited in the, the, if you... If you watch the credits on YouTube, and I posted a GIF of this, the the, ping, the <laughs> penguin saying "Congratulations, Batman!" I'm like, this is insane uh, <laughs> that the penguin is talking with a rocket on his back. And you mean literally a penguin, not the villain, the yes. penguin. You no, mean no, no, a, no. An, an, a real life looking penguin a, with a rocket on his back. A penguin. <laughs> uh, but if you watch the credits, they're like they put silly names in there, like uh, Two Face Yamamura. <laughs> and Alfred Yamada, and it's like <laughs> these aren't your names. Oh, that's at least better than like yeah. Star Star J or whatever. Yeah, Bun like, Bun and all Bun that. Bun, all those, uh, you can all the cutesy Papa. nicknames at least. Um, but we'll do three songs from this. And again, this is one of those soundtracks. Like I, I almost just skipped it completely because I'm like, eh, Batman Returns, NES. Who cares? And then I finally listened to this, and I'm like, oh, this is all really good. And <laughs> if it is in fact uh, Tadaishi from Mega Man Two, it's like I can. I feel like a lot of this feels like Mega Man music, but with Konami's the sound profile of a Konami game and not mm. a Capcom game. So I don't know if that checks out or not, but like I know he did move around after Mega Man Two. I, this I, I would love to know for sure if this was the case, but I think contacts a brave way if I can figure that out. But uh, we'll anybody do, could. Yeah, we'll do three songs. Uh, this is Gotham Plaza because and because uh, we are following the plot of Batman Returns. Shrek's department store, not, <laughs> not oh, that Shrek. Oh. Christopher Walken. That's right. So that's Shrek. That's where um, she Catwoman tests out her powers or whips. Well, yeah, she. I remember it was in a department store. She's whipping stuff for the first time. Yeah, and then she like puts aerosol cans in a microwave. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shrek's department store, and then uh, and I even get Mega Man Nine vibes off of this song, which it's just so it's so Mega Man-y that I I have to believe that it's Tatiushi on this. And after that, the Penguin Armies. Uh, which is just another like uh, exceptional song that I'm, supp- I'm I'm disappointed in myself for not knowing these. Same with that Superman Genesis episode that we did last <laughs> night. Like I'm upset. Well, that you can't these- know everything. Right? I know, but uh, so again, this is uh, Batman Returns for the NES, Shigemasa Matsuo and Takashi Tateishi.
those are exceptional. Wow. It's very evocative of several different franchises. Yeah. Sounds like a Mega Man music missing one layer. I'm trying to figure out what mm, it is. Yeah. But it feels extra layered for, again, it is a late NES game, but yeah. it definitely feels very layered for an NES it's game. It's definitely it's yeah. perfect the NES com- music. Yeah, the complexity of that compared to like something five years earlier, but... Uh, I just love that shift in the penguin one of like yeah it's I, yeah I wish I knew more music uh, but it just has like a it, tempo it, change or something well, it's like tempo change but it's I don't know like almost I'll probably get it wrong but I get just this like honky tonk bluegrass <laughs> bl- feel from it like I, I don't know like and it's just like this is a Batman game set in Christmas why why, <laughs> why is this the music that you're using but it works great. Um, on a completely different note for Batman Returns is the Super NES version of the game, which I did play a lot of. So they're mm. both kind of double dragony, Final Fight-esque, move around, beat people up games and not Batman mm-hmm. NES like left to right Ninja Gaiden, Mega Man style things. They're, they're that isometric, you know, three... No verticality. Yeah. That, I, that, honestly, my most, most of my experience is with the Lynx version. Oof, I, I borrowed wow. a Lynx from a friend who never asked for it back. <laughs> A lot of Scrapyard Dog and Batman Returns wow. links for some reason. Huh. Yeah. Never so the, played any other ones. The Super NES one is actually pretty good as beat-em-ups go, and especially as licensed games, because it was a Final Fight game, but it used Batman's power... Well, not powers, but, like, gadgets, and, like, normally you could, like, punch... You know, and you'll, like, punch, 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 and then you could go up and grab the enemy, and normally, you know, Double Dragon or Final Fight, you could, like, headbutt them or knee them once you've grabbed them, and then you could maybe throw them, or, like, Streets of Rage. Yeah. Uh, but in this, like, if you grab one, you could grab another person because you're Batman, and then you would just head smash them together, and like, oh. like three Stooges. I love the Batman coconut smash. Yeah, so you, you, you could grab two at a time and do that. You could also, if you hit up in the action button, you would throw them into the background, and they would like dent poles or like break benches. That's pretty cool. And it just felt like, yeah, I'm going through the streets kicking the shit out of people. Like, no, that's great, man. Though, I wonder how many. Uh, people have. I wonder how many henchmen have CTE after after all those hit noggin knockers. God, it took me a second, but it's like it reminds me even of the Arkham games. We're like, oh, Batman didn't kill any of these people. This yeah. man will never breathe without a machine but he's, again. He's going to be a burden on the state for quite some time. <laughs> I mean, he'll never walk again. He'll have yeah. he'll have flashes of memory loss. He may he may act like a completely different person when he sees his family again. <laughs> mm-hmm. But technically, he is not dead. Yeah. Therefore, I am justified in my actions. <laughs> but this is like the beginning of that, where you're like. I threw a man into another man, and they broke a window together. <laughs> They're both crippled for life, yeah, and have shards of glass in their spines. It's like, this—it's this weird line of like I was just seeing that on the again reminded of it on the Daredevil show on Netflix in season two, where it's again he's still making a clear thing of like, hey, I don't kill people like you do or like you do. I just beat him up, and then when you see him beat him, like you punched this guy in the face like eight times. Like, yeah. he is ruined yeah, from that. Like, his it, orbital bone is gone. Best case, his nose is broken forever or like you you accidentally pushed his nose into his brain or something. <laughs> but technically you didn't kill <laughs> him, so dead. you've got the moral high road, Mad yeah. Murdock. But yeah, so the game itself at the time I liked a lot. The mm-hmm. music completely different from everything you've heard so far. I'm only going to play two because this is trying to approximate the score. Mm-hmm. And as a sign of like how this Batman movie thing went, because all these games that we've played so far are related to the, uh, a movie except for Return of the Joker, 
even though it's called Return of the Joker because Joker dies at the end of the Batman movie. Yeah, like it was definitely meant to imply this is taking place after the last yeah. Batman movie. And I think even though that game is based on the comics, I think the 89 Batmobile is in it. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're still writing off the, the, the waves of the Batman movies. Yeah, I wonder if that's one of those things where like, well, Batmobiles have looked like that Batmobile first, so then we designed a Batmobile that kind of looked like it too. Uh, yeah. it's Tim a, Burton's suppository Batmobile is very distinct. It's true. <laughs> though it reminds me of how in the... the Lego Marvel game, not Lego Avengers, but Lego Marvel, which wasn't based on any of the movies. Oh, yeah. It was still, when you saw Thor, you're like, that's Chris Hemsworth Thor. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, but it's a Lego. Who can tell? And they hired they hired Hemsworth to look like the Thor in the comics, so uh, <laughs> it's a gray area. We don't have to pay anybody. Um, so we'll do two songs from this. This is Ambush and Gotham Plaza. It's the opening stage. It's the, the a super nice bouquet of sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, trying to... like. It's not better, but at the time, this felt cinematic and like a movie back mm. when the idea of that being even being possible was not common. Like, like, su- like the whole super Star Wars thing of like, we approximated this Jim- John Williams score. Oh, my God, yeah. So it's trying to do that kind of thing. Um, and I believe the composer, uh, Jun Funahashi, worked on Bayou Billy, Mission Impossible, <laughs> wow. uh, some stuff on Castlevania Three, um, And after that is Penguin's Lair. And has the, like, you'll know, the telltale, like, Batman theme. The ah, okay. So that's in this, which is the first time in the whole show anything for actual <laughs> Batman is in it. Anything um, Danny Elfman related yeah. is in this thing. So uh, this is Super NES Batman Returns, and we'll be back.
Very fitting for a final stage, final area. That's when you bust out the... Think Danny Elfman got some money on that one? Uh, I, if he even knew what happened. Yeah, I would wonder. <laughs> I the, I think you said beforehand uh, that they're really trying to be more cinematic. That definitely felt more symphonic to me. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely more where you could say, like, well, that sounds like the wind uh, section playing now. Yeah. Oh, the brass is really coming up here. It doesn't yeah. just sound like guitar, 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 drums, bass. Yeah, yeah. You know? it's, it's definitely less like, yeah, rock or prog or uh, even that, that, that honky-tonk bluegrass thing. Yeah. Where uh, it's, sounds, it's, it's trying to be an orchestra, yeah. Yeah, it's a fuller group of musicians, definitely. Yeah. Which is what Danny Elfman used in the films. He he used an orchestra. He did not use a band. Like, yeah. He didn't use a four-piece or a five-piece band. Um, but that's pretty much the show, only because this one of those things where there's so much Batman music. This, I mean, these are the games you should check out. If any yeah. of these struck a chord with you, uh, there is the PC Engine one that we didn't cover, but it is covered on Pixelated Audio. Um, I'd encourage you to check that out. And... Just the whole Revenge of the Joker soundtrack for, across every platform is worth looking it's at. It's very weird that you could call this like the golden age of Batman games. I mean, after this, it gets pretty bad. Yeah. yeah it's until weird. Arkham like, Asylum, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, there was like a 10 years. St- I mean, for. We're in the Silver Age now. Yeah. <laughs> for most of the time, for decades, yeah. it was. The NES Batman is more or less the best Batman game mm-hmm. there is. You could yeah. argue maybe the Super NES Batman Returns because I, it is a good beat em up. Like, I remember when they were like. One of my earliest times working was when they previewed. Uh, working in the Games Press was when. Arkham Asylum was getting previewed and we all just kind of rolled our eyes at it like yeah good Batman game not likely give this to a freelancer to preview who needs we don't need to waste our time with this and that turned out to be the best game I played that year Mm -hmm. Uh, and I still haven't played Arkham Knight because I feel like I've kind of done all I want to do with that particular formula of Batman games but I did love that formula it's just I played it three times Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm waiting for the actual next, next thing that they do it's good it's fine uh, but that's the show. Thanks for listening. You can uh, hear more on VGEmpire.com or follow VGEmpire on Twitter. Uh, if you do like these comic booky episodes, we did just do the Superman uh, Sega Genesis, which was blew my mind what I'd, what I'd been missing all these years. Um, but again, years ago, we did a Spectacular Spider Songs episode, an Amazing X-Men episode. Uh, and then there's, like I mentioned, there's a Godzilla, there's a Jurassic Park episode just about Jurassic Park games. So. I think Amazing X-Men is my favorite because it bring, it, it brings in Spider-Man and yes. X-Men stuff together. Yeah, because it was like, there was, I think Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Days of Future Past came out around the same time. Yes, yeah. And there was also a Spider-Man and the X-Men Super NES Genesis game, so that, you know, bridged the gap between them. But I encourage you to check all those out uh, as well. Yes. Well, if I were to tell you to check something out, if you like comic books, listen to Cape Crisis, the weekly comic book podcast on lasertimepodcast.com. And you can also watch a bunch of our best stuff on youtube.com slash lasertime network in the superhero spotlight, where we tell the history of a specific character and with tons of visual aids. And like, I'll mention a specific panel, and it's right there on the screen for you to look at. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that futuristic, guys? That's the future of podcasting. It's, right it's, there. it's, yeah, future podcasting 2011 style. Uh, <laughs> but we did we did discover the worst Batman game on that very same oh, YouTube goodness. channel. Yikes! And we're also, if you're a comic fan, we're exploring the Marvel cards of, of 1990, and I am so happy with that. That mm. was so much fun. You guys have got to see the worst Batman game ever, which somehow is worse than the worst Superman game ever <laughs> that we played. Uh, and of course, you know, there's Laser Time Podcast, 30 2010 Podcast, Talking Simpsons: The Chronological Exploration of Every Episode of The Simpsons. We got it all, baby. <laughs> 
so taking us out is the credits to the NES Batman uh, game. This is one of my genuine favorite credits slash ending themes of all NES games. Mm. I just think it has such a strong like finality to it that that is not again this is one of those things where so much effort and care put into what is a licensed movie game that's late <laughs> yes <laughs> and it's so good it's needlessly good could be late because they actually took the care and stuff like no we're not shipping this half finished right well i well just all of it was so after the fact and i mm. wonder if it was time for the vhs release now that i think about it i could see i they were definitely doing a lot more of that back then Aww. the vhs release is like well that's when kids are going to see it on vhs I, put I, it on the nintendo then i bet you it was it was regarded as just another toy and yeah. like, well, we got the action figures there. It's got to be out by like, Christmas for yeah. the kids at the, yeah. on the yeah, toy. Yeah, I actually looked the up toys. the uh, Batman cover for uh, Nintendo Power. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah, January, February 1990. So the movie yeah. is over six months old. It wow. also means the issue came out in October. Uh, well, <laughs> Making fun of old prints yeah, in a way that only I yeah, can do. That means it probably yeah was November, December. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, that issue also, Mario 3, Shadowgate, Double Dragon 2. Don't miss a 16-page Tetris tip book. <laughs> oh my 16 God. pages of tips for Tetris. That's uh, I, I remember that, actually. That this was, chapter, turning right. Push A to, what is it? Rotate the piece. That's mm-hmm. what it is. But you um, can't yeah. do any dead spinning in those old games, man. Yeah, take, taking us out, again, the, it's, it, it comes in two parts. There's like a, a sort of epilogue, and then there's this cool credit scene. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, rating and reviewing on iTunes also helps and we're all available uh, so to support on patreon.com slash laser time thanks for listening